Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guest today loved pizza so much as a kid, he would call up and order delivery to his house without his family even knowing. Little did he know that his heart, this hardcore rocker would find his peace making pizza and having people slide into his DMs and show up at his house for pizza. Please welcome the pizza wizard and the creator of Black Magic Pizza, Travis Santos. What's going on, man? How you been? Hey, man. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Uh, I was going to say, I've uh, been listening for a long time and uh, first time on the show, so I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, man. I, I'm super excited as well. I've, uh, it's funny because you were on, uh, you were brought up on my previous, uh, one of my previous episodes with Delhi Lama. And it just kind of made sense because I was like, mm, I'm like, this is actually where we first, where we kind of first met and hung out more. Yeah, no, so, I actually, I actually caught that episode. I was listening to uh, to you and Brent, and I, that was a really good episode. Uh, he's a cool guy. I remember, I remember first meeting him at Mr. Williams Tattoo on Mills, uh, Mills Fifth. It was like Mills Fifty area, actually. Um, my band, I, I was, I would say, I was probably like 16, 17 years old. Uh, my band was playing a show at Uncle Lou's right next door to where his tattoo shop used to be. Okay, so. You know, naturally, we would all just flock over and see what's going on. And he just invited us inside. He was like, you guys want to hang out here? And we we're like, absolutely. <laughs> so it was a cool spot to hang out that, in between like sets and stuff. No, that makes total sense. So uh, so let's go. First question, usually, what's your go-to sandwich? All right. So I've actually had time to think about this one. Um, I've got two different go-to sandwiches. First one is going to be a little bit on the sweeter side. I have to go with the fluffernutter okay. just because it's. I'm from Massachusetts, so it just kind of goes hand in hand. Um, peanut butter and fluffs is one of my favorite things. And then if we're going on the savory side, I have to go beefy king, beefy cheese. Oh, okay. 100%. I like it. There's some good classics there. Oh yeah. And I and I figured the fluffernutter would be brought up because your mama, your mom is a huge uh, fluffernutter fan. So oh, I totally yeah. get that. That's, that, that's definitely where I get yep. it from. I for remember sure. I remember countless mornings just eating that for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. So let's talk a little bit about pizza. Why pizza? So for me, I mean, pizza is just honestly fun. Um, I fell in love with cooking at a very young age. Um, I would say. Probably like four or five years old. I spent a lot of time in the kitchen uh, with my grandma, uh, with my grandmother. Um, she was mainly doing all, all of the cooking. And uh, I used to watch a lot of um, a lot of uh, cooking shows, a lot of Food Network. Uh, Emeril Lagasse is one of my one of my favorite chefs. So uh, I watched a lot of Emeril live growing up as well. Um, you know, I, my first job in food was actually pizza. I used to work in commercial. So I worked at Mellow Mushroom and uh, I was doing that for quite a while. And then eventually kind of just like went away from that, tried to get back into regular cooking. And then I kind of just fell back into it. And I, I don't know, he's just fun. You know, at the end of the day, like it's one of the funnest things I've got to cook. So I just love it. It's also a blank canvas, right? You pretty much can like, add. exactly. You know, you can, you can take this, this little dough and, and turn it into whatever you'd like. Yeah. No, it makes total sense. How did you come up with the name black magic pizza? So the name Black Magic Pizza actually came about because uh, me and my me and my girlfriend Elizabeth, she's actually number two in, in this whole operation. She can't be here right now, but um, you know, we we spent a lot of time going back and forth uh, with different names, trying to lean towards uh, you know, it's kind of like punk rock kind of feel, and um, I think it was after after a trip to um to Los Angeles, um, I was playing drums in in this one project, and um, the artist was able to fly us out to Los Angeles for the show. And uh, he took us out to eat and he brought us to a bunch of different places. And the vibe in, in Los Angeles is so much more different than Orlando. Uh, we, we tend to focus more like on family here and, you know, just making sure our image is cool. But in Los Angeles, all of these different concepts, like they don't care. There's so many different things going yeah. on. So like, you know, it's they're not they're not afraid to be a little a little abrasive with their with their imaging and everything else. So 
when it came down to it, we were just like, we want to stand out. We want to be different, but we also don't want to like hurt people's feelings. So um, at, first, at first it was actually two different names on the board. One of them was Death Wish Pizza and the other one is uh, Black Magic. So I'm really happy we went with Black Magic. It sounds a lot better. Doesn't, no, I don't think people want to eat at a place called Death Wish Pizza. Yeah. So, no, that would make sense. And Elizabeth does a hell of a job on the graphics and all oh the different God. design work. You guys, uh, especially with your, your different menus, when you guys go to different places, um, she's always changing it up, which I, I love. And it does kind of have that little bit of like almost like a punk rock uh, poster. Uh, type of thing that you would get feel that you would get when you're going somewhere. No, exactly. And like one of the first uh, one of the first flyers she ever made was just on a piece of notebook paper and a sharpie. But it just looked so cool that I was like, we can't ever stop this. Like this this is yeah. the way that it has to be. No, I you love know? it. And, and I I kind of just like uh, I gravitated for that. And I was like, we're gonna take this, we're gonna go with it, and we're gonna we're gonna make sure every single menu is different so that you know people don't get confused on what's going on or where we're gonna be at. So that's why that's really why we use that like the imaging with it. No, well, that's great. And I love how the thought, the thought process of it. Okay. So here's where, here's one of the things that I find to be very interesting on in how this whole kind of thing started up. And I brought it up in the intro. So you originally, the way it all kind of started was it was kind of like you had the idea to do pizza. You started, you basically actually literally started posting it on Instagram and it was literally people were sliding into DMS. You were like, I got this many pies. You had time slots. This is the menu. And you basically were like slide into my DMs and secure a spot. And then people were literally, and I know because I was one of them, would literally, we would Venmo you money and then you would make like what, like 45, 60 pies. Yeah. And then, so tell me a little bit how that thought process came about to do it that, to start out that way. And then also how the heck did you get the word out to do that? So honestly, it was just um, us just making pizzas like um, at my mom's house at the time. Um, we were just using her backyard as like a really good area to take photos. Um, and we would just take those photos and post them on our personal page, um, on our personal Instagram pages. And, um, you know, friends and friends and different people who follow or follow us would just reach out and be like, hey, this is, you know, this looks good. Like, where can I get this? Some people thought we were um, just at a restaurant. So they're like, hey, what restaurant are you at? So we kind of just took that information and we're, we were like, okay, so maybe somebody would actually want this. <laughs> so um, <laughs> they did. Yeah, no, <laughs> they really did. Um, so, you know, just word of mouth and, and also other people sharing the photos on Instagram really helped out. Um, once we had originally put up our time slots, um, I believe we originally started on a Monday and we put up the time slots on a Monday for a pickup on Friday. And within about, let's say an hour, we had every single time slot picked up and I think there was like 12 or 15 different time slots from um I think we started at 2 p.m and mm -hmm. then we, we were done by like six or seven yep but uh you know just the the circulation of things on social media is just crazy like how fast things move around there so you know one person saw it the another person saw it and then eventually they just started uh they all started just dming us on onto our page and uh that's kind of like how we got the idea for the first uh, pre-order you know pre-order pickup kind of thing and uh, that was cool, too, because it was literally just me and Elizabeth just, you know, making pizzas in, in our apartment. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, we would we would cook them in the back area, you know, like in our back patio because um, our ovens are propane. Um, inside in, inside our small kitchen was actually an entire expo table. So we had boxes everywhere, cutters, different toppings, like fresh basil. Um, and then, you know, the master list with uh, with all of the different orders. So, like, you know, she would just hand me a ticket and I would make a, I would start on the next order. Um, and then she would basically take, uh, as soon as I was done with those pieces, I'd bring them to her. She would take them, you know, dress them up in their boxes. And then uh, 
the per- it, we had it timed out to where yep. you know it would be like within five minutes, and that person would actually be there in our front in our front parking lot, and uh, we would just walk out the front door, hand them the pizza, say thank you very much, and then walk back inside and start over. Yeah, and I I always used to laugh because you guys had like a she made a black magic uh, pizza like banner on your front, yeah, and you would drive in, and I would always every time I would do it. When we would drive in, I would always look at the neighbors. Like the neighbors are all probably looking like, what the heck is going on here? And why are so many people flowing through? Because it was like probably like every, I think you had like 15 minute increments. So every like 15 minutes you had someone um, doing it. But I mean, I thought it was absolutely amazing that like you kind of were able to test the test the concept really uh, in doing it this way in your own home. And people literally, they're like, oh, okay. like, and that was one of the things like I had had your pizza before I even did it. So when I had it, I already knew it was good. So I didn't care where you were or how, but I was going to get it because I, I had brought some of the pizza home and my wife and daughter ate it and they're like, Black Magic, where are they at? We're, let's get slide into the DMs and let's go. And so like literally that's how it is. And like whenever we have an opportunity, that's pretty much what we do. We end up like we're going to get Black Magic pizza. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. My wife and daughter are a little upset that we're recording and they didn't. They're like, are you going to get pizza? And I was like, no, we're no pizza. I'm like, trust me, we'll we'll get pizza some other time. We're, take, we're taking the week off this week, but I promise we'll get you some pizza. <laughs> no, I won't. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. I'll, I'll get my pizza. So um, so then based on that, how did that go from there to then? I know, I know, ironically, I was at your very first ever pop up um, at Barley and Vine when we uh, I think it was like October of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, made by Orlando, made in Orlando was an Instagram account. She kind of, kind of spearheaded the whole thing. She invited me, she invited you. Um, there was a few other, like a bakery. There's like a few other little people there. Um, it was a great little event, but it was also your first event. Yeah. So like, tell me a little bit about like how that kind of went, because you obviously then weren't cooking with like your, you know, on your grill or whatever you had to like take the next steps. What, tell me a little bit about like how you prepared yourself to get to that next step of being able to do your first pop-up. So that that event actually, you know, our first pop up, that was probably one of the worst pop ups that we had ever done. Um, a- anything that that could have went wrong did go wrong uh, during that time. So it was kind of funny. Um, first, the first thing uh, that happened was I made a mistake when I was making my dough. It was I was really young in the process when I was doing all this, and like I did, I wasn't paying attention, and I was off by one decimal, and it screwed up my recipe because I ended up putting about five or it was like five or ten times as much yeast as I normally would into my batch okay. so that immediately screwed up and then i i you know we noticed probably at like three four in the morning uh that things were terrible so i had to you know take everything throw it all away start over and it was just a big hassle so uh you know the dough <laughs> the dough at that event was bad um the weather like it was october but it was still really hot outside we never we didn't have a tent all we had was one table you know one little metal table uh, for me to work on and then one plastic table for uh, for Elizabeth to kind of like sell the pizzas and um, and expo everything. And, you know, we didn't even have a tent. We, yeah. were, we were just out there just underneath a tree. <laughs> but but I think that's this. This is the thing that I, I think that is great, though, because you took it one as a learning experience mm-hmm. Two, you realize like you don't like when you first start, like, I mean, I, I tell people all the time, like you can have champagne taste, but you can be on a total beer budget and it could be a natty light PBR beer, beer budget, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. It's going to still be good. You could still have a great event and, and it's all about learning and what yeah. you take from those. Because, I mean, I'm assuming from this now to where you're at now, you're in a totally different environment because you've been doing it for a while yeah. and it could probably got easier as you progressed. Yeah, no, I would definitely say that, Um, you know, help from a lot of people along the way, especially yourself, you've 
you 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 immediately from like the, the first event that we did you kind of like took us in under under your wing and was like giving us pointers on things that we needed and, and things that would help us out and you know we've done a lot of events together and it's yeah. really cool just to like you know see the progression like i'm like you know um when you told us about the the bed risers yeah that was one of the first things you told us was about <laughs> bed risers You're like your back is going to kill you and of course you know we didn't learn i didn't i didn't learn probably took me six months to a year to get those blood badges but now i won't do an event without them because my back is hurt uh, no. yeah and, and everybody else knows that too like um you know some other people in the pop-up game that you know i feel bad for them because they're, they're always talking about how bad their back is hurting yeah. like man you gotta get these bed risers you're five bucks from walmart each just you know just go in there and buy as many as you can or so the, on amazon so the concept of the bed riser just so you know and i learned this from my boy kelly over at uh brats beard care but he basically well, i learned from him i was like because what happens is we're lazy and we don't like to bend over to look at things, especially when you have product. And in his world, when you're constantly on a table, what you do is you grab bed risers and you put them on the bottom of your table. And then now your table now has risen up to like almost like a standing table. Yeah. So therefore you're not exerting as, as much. So it's not as painful. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. I, like I said, I've, other people in the, in the pop-up game have kind of have noticed it. And I've seen, you know, other people kind of like, uh, you know, take that little tip and, and use it as well. Because it's, it's just something you don't think about, you know. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of factors that you don't think about. Like for us, um, it took us forever to get lights. We didn't think that we would be out there in the dark doing this. And then, uh, you know, uh, what we learned uh, when daylight savings comes around, we start all our events at six o'clock. Six o'clock's already pitch black. Yep. <laughs> so now it's like, oh shit, what do we do? Yeah, no. I, and that's what it is, man. It's a learning game. It's lear I And I tell people like, whenever you do an event, you either learn from it, what works, what doesn't work. Um, you know, what can you see from other people when you're walking around and learn from other people? Um, you know, there's definitely a community that wants to be able to help and share. I know that there was a food truck that I thought we thought was very interesting. She had a log um, on every event that she did, where she did it and when it was. So like when she did it, where it was, what the temperature was. And she basically did it to kind of get an idea. So that way, because she felt like history would repeat itself through the years and then also be able to factor those things in like, hey, I did this event and it wasn't that good. I didn't do that well in this event yeah. or I did that. So that's how she did it, which I thought was very interesting. I'm not that finite, yeah. but you know, you tend to remember what works and what doesn't work yeah. and what can you do to improve on. So I definitely think that that's a good thing. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your pizza. So your pizza is not, I would say is not, and you just, you've, and I'll let you describe it, but your pizza is not Neapolitan and it's like, it's not. So tell me a little, tell people, explain people what makes your pizza different. All right. So um, I use the term new Neapolitan. Yep. And you know, that, that term can really go a lot of ways. Um, so we, we use, uh, New York style ingredients. So we use, um, a New York style flour that, that you would typically use in a New York style pizza. Um, we use, uh, the same kind of cheeses that you would find in New York style, um, pizza. And, um, we just cook, we cook our pizza in a Neapolitan oven. So I always tell people that it's New York inspired, Neapolitan fired to kind of, you know, um, just inform people of, of what, what style it is. Um, but it, it's just something that we've uh, we've really just messed around with the recipe a lot to kind of get like this perfect blend of something that's like crispy and soft. Mm -hmm. um, and we're also we have to you know uh, keep this recipe a little tuned. Uh, we have to tune it a certain way because of the ovens that we're using. Once we go into a brick and mortar shop, um, a lot of things are going to change. Um, we want to uh, we want to make the size of the pizza actually bigger. So we'll actually take um, currently our pizzas are maxed out at about eleven inches. They're they're like pushing the box. Um, so we'll go from the 11 inch pizza to the uh, 16 to 18 inch pizza. So that it's, it's more like the New York size. Um, 
but yeah, no, and one of the coolest things about this whole thing is like we were able to take um, any ingredients that we find, you know, uh, you know, that are seasonal or anything, and we, we just use it to our advantage and we, we like to create new things. Yeah. And I know one of the things that you kind of, I've heard you mentioned before how you describe your pizza is like a little bit thinner in the middle, but as you go towards the crust, it gets a little bit thicker, yeah. um, which is always a nice kind of mix. I also know that you, um, you know, and I was kind of curious because I, I know I've heard you talk about how you hand mix the dough. So is there a reason why you hand mix the dough? Is it because of based on what you have available space wise rather than using like a traditional commercial mixer? Or is it more of a, you know, hey, I just like it. I just think it, it adds a different flavor to it. What's uh, what's the thought process? So the hand mixing was always just, you know, it was it was my way of just being involved with the dough. Because, uh, you know, most pizzerias, they just put their put their dough or they put their flour, water, salt um, and other ingredients into a bowl. They just mix and they walk away from it. Um, I always felt like the dough is a living, breathing product. So you want to take care of it as much as you can. So that's why we, you know, when it comes to the hand mixing, um, we always did the hand mixing in small batches to ensure that, you know, the quality, uh, the product is up to uh, the quality that we want it to be. And also, um, you know, it just, it's just a way to keep an eye on things. Uh, I'm always paranoid that something's going to go wrong. So, you know, when you do something for so long, you know, hand mixing everything in, in these big batches, you kind of, you can feel when something's off just by the touch. And, uh, you know, and also, um, been doing it, you know, I've been hand mixing for so long that I, I can see when something is off, you know, yeah. I, I can adjust. So it's, it's, a, it's a little different. Um, it takes a lot longer than mixing in a mixer and stuff, but, you know, I just really like to be hands-on and, and, you know, just be there with my product to make sure that it's, it's up to our standard. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And I totally appreciate that. I think that's something that is gr great to be able to see someone actually take that time to, and I get it. It's the same reason why some people ask me, like, why do you why do you fold your shirts and why do you do all these things yourself? And and yeah, I, you know, could I have someone else teach someone else? Yeah, but I don't have the money to do that. So I got to do yeah. it myself. So and I'd rather do it that way than than just throw it in a little poly thing and whatever. Yeah. I get it. It's it's that extra emotion. You you take pride in your pizza. You have a passion yeah. for it and you and it and it shows when you eat it. So I totally get it. Um, what I wanted to kind of also talk a little bit about for you when you when you what like. I guess in 2020, you decided you were going to then do this full time, right? Because of the pandemic, everything that kind of happened in the whole industry and everything like that. So I want you to kind of talk a little bit about what your thought process was and kind of what your, like, I guess how your thought process was like, how am I going to make this a full time thing? Um, obviously you were going to be, you were going to, you're going to, you're popping up at different places. Um, what's interesting to me, and I think is actually, and we'll talk a little bit about it, is that you're definitely part of a huge new trend here in central Florida where you're not a food truck, um, you know, but you're, you know, you're obviously able to cook. You have, you know, you have your ovens, uh, but you're popping up. So it's basically, you're showing up, you've got a tent and you pop up, which definitely gives you quite a bit of mobility, um, probably more mobility than what a food truck would be. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about like some of your thought process, like what you, you know, said, Hey, how, what's the, how can I do this full time? And then maybe like, what, what's my game plan on how I'm going to make this uh, my living and to be able to do this all the time. Uh, well, so when I first, uh, when, we, when I first started taking things, um, full time, it was really just because, um, the restaurant that I was managing, I was a sous chef at, and I was kind of like leading their, um, their natural 11 pizza, uh, pizza department as well. Um, kind of just, it closed down, um, you know, pandemic hit hard and, you know, rest, a, a lot of restaurants were the first thing to kind of like shut down. It was restaurants and bars and the restaurant that I kind of, th that I worked at didn't really. We did to goes, but it wasn't 
our business wasn't centered around to go. So it was really hard for us to adapt, you know, into that Uber Eats and, and DoorDash model, especially when their customers weren't even bothering. They, they really just wanted to come in and, and do like a dine-in experience. So um, I had to really shift. I didn't know what to do. You know, uh, it was like one day we all just got into work. And then the next thing you know, they put us all into the dining room. And they were like, hey, uh, today's going to be our last day of service. Um, if you want to take anything, you know, any food home, by all means, please do. And I was like, okay. So I just left. Uh, I didn't know what to do. Um, I kind of got really upset because, you know, I put in a lot of time and effort into this position and there wasn't really anything in, in the return for us. But at least I had, you know, this pizza, our pizza project was already started by then. So um, I, I kind of had that to fall back on. I didn't know what to do. So that's really what kind of like started pushing us to make pizzas in the apartment was just the fact that we were bored. And, you know, at, at the time, uh, we didn't know wh where the world was going to go and, and how things were going to operate. Or, you know, we were just told that, uh, you know, do we'll, we'll flatten the curve and we'll be all this will be done in two weeks. And here we are almost two years later. So, yeah. Uh, but I'm um, taking it full time. You know, it was it was fun. And the, the reason it happened is because we just kept booking more and more things. You know, we would book uh, something on a Friday, something on a Saturday. And before you knew it, there wasn't really enough time to get back into the workplace so that's kind of like you know why i'm still doing this full time i'm just it, it's just so busy and uh i have a lot of motivation now to kind of get this into a brick and mortar store um which is our next step uh you know we have we've been doing this for i would say like close to about two years a little over two years now so yeah. um you know i owe it to i owe it to all the people who have, who have helped us along the way and i i definitely owe it to the customers because they keep asking you know when the brick and mortar you know, I can't wait to bring people in here every single day. I can't wait to order my pizza every day. So, yeah, and that's definitely a good thing. I mean, I think one of the things that helped quite a bit was, and I think you and I even talked about it when you guys were starting out, was like building that partnership of like, hey, go, you know, bars and places that needed food that you can do it because of the fact that you can just show up and do that. And I think that's something that I think is so important to be able to figure out, you know, how can I do this consistently? And where can I do this consistently that helps? And, and the thing about you is that I find very impressive is that, and, and I recommend to anyone, if you if you eat Black Magic Pizza and you go to one of his events, one, show up early because there's always going to be a line and there's always going to, and there's always going to be sold out. So like there are certain times when like if he's got a certain amount of time that he says he's going to be there, I'm telling you right now, if it's a four hour or five hour event and by hour two, he's already, the line's already been done. There's already all the orders are already in. Uh, you know, you're, you're basically cross your fingers that you're probably may not get a pizza. Uh, you know, and, and that's a, just the honest truth, just because of what I've, I've, I've experienced it. Um, you know, and I've hawked it when I've, 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 I've shown up and helped them unload the car just so I know that I was going to get pizza oh, yeah, because the line is like super long and I get it. And I mean, and I understand the concept and that's, and I think that must, it must be really impressive and make you guys feel so proud to know that people just love, love your pizza. And are just basically almost like almost kind of like how in, in rock bands or groupies, they're basically following you to different bars and different places. It's honestly yeah. crazy. I I still to this day don't understand why people do this and, and or like how they kind of like just make time in their in their Friday, Saturday afternoon to come to come and do this. You know, because it's not like, you know, it's not like you can just walk up, get a pizza and be in and out in 20 minutes. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's an event. You know, we tell people uh, if we start at six, I recommend getting there about you know, five, five twenty, maybe five thirty at the latest, but the line is going to be pretty deep by the time you get there. So, yeah, but, um, no, it's just, 
the, the support is just overwhelming. Like I, 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 to this day, I still, you know, uh, we'll be setting up for an event and I'm still like, man, maybe nobody will come. And then out of nowhere, you know, there's a line of just 20, 30 people deep. And I'm like, all right, well, here we go. <laughs> what, uh, what advice tips would you give someone that's, you know, approaching like establishments? Like when you guys go and reach out to a, like a bar or a place to be able to sell, um, I know probably a lot of them probably come to you now, but like when the beginning, when you guys were starting out, what advice would you give someone when they're coming out to, uh, you know, to go see them and, and to introduce yourself and say, hey, I make this. I'd love to be able to sell here. Is there any advice or any things that you that have been helpful for you that you can maybe share with someone? Yeah, man, um, I would definitely say don't be afraid to take risks. Um, that was one of the biggest things that I was afraid of in life is is taking risks and, and you know, uh, the fear of failure, the, the fear of of people saying no. That's probably one of the biggest things that that always like uh, steered me away from from kind of doing this. But, you know, as I've been doing it for so long, I just kind of just got it, got used to the, the feeling of, uh, you know, some people are going to say no. Some people don't want you to come and, you know, mess around with their business, which is totally fine. You know, uh, that's why we kind of partner up with bars and breweries. Um, we're, we're, we're working with some other with some restaurants to kind of do some cool collabs and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I always I always I never want to step on anybody's toes, you know, and that that's probably one of the biggest things that that really uh, held me back at first was just uh, being afraid. But uh, you'll get over that, you know especially if you just ask, like there's, there's no harm in that. And especially if you go to these establishments and you talk to the owners and you kind of let them know what you're doing and you bring them a product or you show them what you can do. You yeah. Know? I definitely think it helps to be able to bring it. If you're going to say, Hey, I make pizzas here, yeah. here's a pizza, try my pizza. Yeah. Uh, you know, try my pepperoni. Yeah, exactly. and, uh, and, and then all of a sudden they're like, Oh crap, this is delicious. I think my patrons are going to want this, yeah. you know, and that, and that helps for them, especially when it comes to like a brewery or something like that, because what's the hardest thing is like a lot of people get hungry and then they leave and then they don't come back. Uh, which is always kind of the hard part. So I, I definitely think that that's, uh, that's definitely something that helps is to be able to do that. Definitely take the chance to, to have that conversation, build those relationships. You just never know. Yeah. And also like, don't, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like uh, that's another thing that, that kind of like held me back at first was like, I was always afraid of asking for help. I always thought it was a, like a sign of weakness, but you don't know until you ask. And, that, and that's just how it is. Like I've, there's there's so many people that I just ask random questions to like, hey, like uh, how much are you paying for this? Or like, where do you get this product at? You know, and those are things that like I always felt where, you know, you don't ask those kind of questions kind of thing because that's, you know, somebody's business. But we're all in this together, you know, and, and everybody's in this in this business to kind of help each other. And, yeah. and that's what's really cool about this whole, you know, this, this small little pop up scene is that we're, we're we are a small little scene here in Orlando. But, you know, we have a lot of love for each other. So, yeah. No, and you're, and obviously, yeah, you're always going to find someone that's not going to want to share things with you, but hey, whatever, that's, you don't need those people. You, know? yeah. you just go to someone else. Someone else will help you out. So it's talking about shooting your shot. Um, one of the things that I saw recently come up and it was like during, probably during around Christmas time um, that you, I saw that you were on, it was Dave Portnoy's of a uh, bar stool oh, yeah. uh, where he does his, like his bar stool pizza review, like his one bite type thing um, that he does. Um, I know who he is and I, I like, I followed it and I was like very shocked when I saw you guys on it, on it. So tell me a little bit about how that happened. Um, and how you kind of slid into DMS probably and, and made it and made, uh, made that happen for you. So, yeah, uh, you know, Dave Portnoy, Barstool president, uh, does the Barstool pizza reviews, got the Barstool, uh, sports betting and all the other outlets and stuff. Uh, huge, huge in the pizza community, uh, for 
his own reasons, which is kind of funny. He's not really a, he doesn't have a pizza background, but he's just, just a guy who likes to eat pizza. So, you know, he can give his review on it. Um, that whole thing was just crazy because, you know, I saw he was in town. I saw he had done a review in another spot here in Orlando. So I immediately jumped the gun because I had a, at the time when I first saw that he was in Orlando, I had a van filled with uh, all my pizza stuff. I had dough. I had sauce. I had cheese. I had all my tables, all my ovens ready to go. So I basically hit him up the day before Christmas Eve. Uh, when I saw that he was first in town, I was like, hey, uh, I sent him a little DM on, on Instagram and uh, sent him a couple pictures of the setup. And I said, um, you know, we're Black Magic Pizza. We're a little bit different than your than your average pizzeria, considering that we're a pop up. Um, we partner with different bars and breweries and we kind of bring the pizza experience to you. So, you know, I shot my I, I shot him a DM. I would say 7.30, maybe 8, 8 p.m. And, uh, you know, I get home, I start to unwind. It's maybe midnight. And then that's when I actually see that he replied on Instagram. And I hadn't, I hadn't told my girlfriend, Elizabeth, about this at the time. I just started shaking. I was like, I didn't know what to do. So my hands started, started shaking. My legs started shaking. She's like, are you okay? And I just handed her my phone. I was like, uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and then she's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Uh, she was like, you were going to be mad if he never replied to you. And I was like, uh, I don't know about that, but, you know, we have this opportunity. So he basically said, uh, you know, I don't know what your what your what your availability is. But the following day, that being Christmas Eve, he's like, I got this window from like five to six p.m. So I basically shot back and I was like, when whenever you want us there, just shoot me a time and address. I'll be there, you know. And then the next day, uh, Christmas Eve, he you know gave us a, an address. So we go out there it was in Windermere. Uh, it was in this crazy like townhome uh, uh, development, and uh, he just gives us an address. I, I I go up to the door, I knock on the door, and I'm like, "Is Dave Portnoy here?" <laughs> Super funny, uh, and uh, you know, I felt like a crazy person just knocking on some random people's door. And uh, they were actually Dave's girlfriend's family, so yep. they were aware that um he was in town, like he was staying with them. Uh, and he also had told them that we were going to be doing the pizza review, so they had a family member kind of come outside and um, just show us like where to set up and stuff. So uh, they had this little like a uh, plot of land that was just kind of like in this little dead end area, but it was perfect for the review. So we set up the tent, we set up the table, the ovens, and then um, just basically waited for him to get there. Uh, he was out like at Disney or something with his girlfriend, just hanging out for the holidays. And uh, once they came by super genuine guy, so down to earth, like gave me a big like handshake and hug as soon as we first met. And then, uh, you know, thanked us for being out there. Thanked us for coming out on Christmas Eve and doing the review with him, which is completely surreal because like, I thought I was going to be thanking him. You know, I was like, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. You know, thanks for what you do for the community. And, you know, thanks for, you know, how you help all these businesses with your Barcelona Pizza Fund as well. So, you know, he kind of flipped the script, thanked us for coming out there. And, uh, you know, we did the review. And then, you know, he wished us good luck, gave us another uh, handshake and hug. And then we went on our way. And then after that, like, I immediately went from the review and then we went to uh, my family's house and we did Christmas Eve dinner. Okay. So it was like all, it was crazy. Um, Cause the day before that, like we had had a private catering. So, you know, it was, a, it was a little bit of a busy, busy holiday season for us, but like everything just kept coming right after another, you know? Yeah. And one of the things that I think is, is uh, I mean, I think it's a great opportunity. I think that one of those things where I kind of, you know, and I know I've seen some pizza folks get upset about like my, re the review and, He's may have certain thought process on how, what he thinks of certain pizzas, like Neapolitan pizzas automatically get like a certain rate. And yeah. I, it is what it is. What you ever, you gotta, I know I figured, I figured I, I thought about it when I heard it. Cause I wasn't a fan. Let's just put it this way. I wasn't a fan of the review. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, well, if I, if I were to do a sandwich review, I'd have to come up with some 
uh, baseline type exactly. thing. So I, I get it. Yeah. So I get it. But at the same time, I also look at it as uh, any reviews, any review, especially when it's someone like that, that's well known is, is more popularity and more eyes on you, which exactly. is like what you want, exactly. you know, and, uh, and you want that opportunity. And I, and I'll be one to tell you right off the bat, never, ever miss out on the opportunity to DM someone and reach out to them about your product or something. Uh, as long as you're a fan and you're genuine and you're not just pawning off what it is, um, it does work very well. I've done it. Um, I have a lot of celebrity chefs and people from Food Network that have worn and and rock some deli fresh threads. And, and I definitely, a lot of it is because I've built a relationship with them. And I basically, in my world, most of it was because I built relationship communicating, never not, not being the one to go out to them. You know, in your case, it made sense. They were here. You needed to jump on that opportunity. Um, in a lot of my cases, I just build a relationship, follow, interact, build that relationship. And then you shoot your shot when they finally start replying back to you. You kind of be like, hey, this is who I am. What do you think? Would you want some? You like sandwiches? I got sandwich shirts, you know, and you kind of work it that way. So I totally uh, but I was super happy and super excited for you on that. Um, I'm also super excited because I've seen that you guys have actually done catering, not even in Florida. You've oh, actually man. gone and traveled to do catering. Um, which I think says a lot when people are actually you asking you to go travel a distance to actually provide food for them. You know, that's actually really cool. Like, um, that was, uh, something that was, you know, brought to us, um, I would say in November, we had the opportunity to go out there to Asheville, North Carolina and cater a wedding for a couple friends. Um, so they have, uh, they had a lot of family basically all over the U S and then they, they basically all agreed on Asheville as like a, as like a meeting point. So we had people from Florida drive up, basically. There was people who came from New York who flew in. There was people who came from, like, Denver, California. So it was just really cool to see, like, all these people come together. And, like, they also had it on this, um, I guess you would say it was, like, this, uh, this it was, like, a three or four separate properties on this, uh, on this big, like, reserve up there in the mountains. But um, they had four, like I said, three or four separate log cabins. So they, they actually got to invite all their guests to this, uh, this like, property. And then they actually got to all stay there for the weekend. So it was oh, really nice. cool. Like, I think everybody got there on Thursday and then they were all out of there by like Monday. But like, it was basically the whole wedding got to stay together, like on this like compound area. So um, that was cool. And then, um, you know, it was really cool just to see like, you know, because a lot of the people um, that we knew in the wedding were, were from Florida and some other people from out of state. So it's really cool just to be involved with that as well. Like um, being able to cook for our friends and being able to, to reconnect with some of the uh, friends that we haven't seen in quite a while as well. Not to mention different people getting to try your pizza from all around oh, the country. 100%. That's, that's also another thing. Like just being, you know, being out there for a wedding, uh, you got, you got people from, from all over the place coming in and, you know, they love the food. Uh, we were out there, I'd say we started, we started a dinner service maybe at like 7 PM and like we were done by nine, but we went through close to a hundred pizzas just, and that was with 60 guests. Wow. So. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, everybody was good. definitely fed. And uh, I remember we, we made a lot of pizzas basically in boxes for to go and people just kept taking left and right. So no, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. What, um, what advice would you give someone that wants to start something? Go for it. Don't be afraid. Just, just do it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You know, if, especially if you're young, like, uh, that, that's one thing that, that me and Elizabeth have always, uh, held on to is like, we're young, we have experience. We can always go back to our day jobs, yeah. you know? Uh, you know, don't be afraid of, of taking that step and don't be afraid of asking for help. You know, that was one thing that, uh, that we didn't do at first. We didn't ask for help or we always saw, you know, we saw it as like a sign of weakness, mm -hmm. but you know, you don't know until you ask and 
there's a lot of things that you don't know. <laughs> so, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help from people. Don't be afraid to, uh, you know, to reach out, especially like, you know, to the people you look up to. That was something that, uh, that I've been doing recently and, and it kind of worked out like with the, with the Dave Portnoy interview, uh, you know, don't be afraid to push your product on, on the people that you look up to, you know? Yeah. Uh, That's okay. That's okay. That's pretty, that's, those are pretty good, uh, pretty good things to share. What, so I've been asked this question before and I always, I, I kind of like it. I was asked someone, uh, someone asked me, he's like, how much do you think luck plays into success? I think it's like a, like a 50, 50 thing. Uh, you kind of have to, you have to put in that work in, in the beginning, you know, in order to get lucky, uh, because you know, that, opportunity when, when it comes knocking on your door you have to you have to go and go with it you know yeah. there's a lot of things that i didn't want to do but we we've done it and it's opened up the door for other things to come and it's made things a lot better along the way when you say there were things that other things you wanted to do that you didn't want to do was it was it because you because it would be difficult or because you don't have to give me details but i'm just kind of curious is it like because like i know in my world sometimes i've i've stunted my own uh growth because i've been kind of like oh i don't want to do that because i don't because of i don't know i just didn't want to do these certain things but then as time went on you kind of evolved and you're like well you know what i'm okay doing this or this is a good time to do this so was it something like that where it was like kind of like in time you've kind of changed your perspective from where you were originally or is that usually kind of how it goes yeah i used to just look at things from the outside and be like that's too hard that's too difficult that task is too daunting but you know, after, you know, doing things on our own for so long, I kind of look at things, I, I look at things as a challenge now and I get excited. Like, um, you know, for the, for the whole Asheville trip, you know, that was something that we had maybe six months to kind of prepare for. And we did all of the, I kind of, I kind of dropped the ball on that one. I kind of just uh, didn't, didn't prepare the right way. And uh, we ended up having to change our entire plan probably two days before we actually left Asheville. So originally we were going to make all, we were, uh, we were going to make all the dough and, and, uh, make all the products like in Asheville. And once we started thinking about that, we were like, you know, they're going to have all these people in this log cabin. There's not really a dedicated prep space for us. They have a kitchen there, um, for, for caterers, um, at, at, uh, at the wedding venue, but it, it wasn't really outfitted for the things that we needed. So we kind of had to shift and adjust. And, you know, that, that meant we made the dough here in Orlando, um, we made it at our commissary kitchen and then we put it into the refrigerator. But then when it came to transport, we weren't sure how we were going to, you know, take all this pizza dough and, and drive it 10, 12 hours up to North Carolina. So we got these giant 152 quart um, igloo coolers. We got two of them um, and we stacked them basically on top of each other. And we, we got these smaller dough trays and we were able to fit all of our dough in, in these coolers. But then we lined dry ice and, and regular ice in between um, like in between the dough trays. Yeah. So basically what it did was it flash froze our dough and it made it to where we could go, you know, drive all the way from Orlando to, um, to North Carolina. And then we actually had to wait for, for um, people to get to the place as well. So, you know, the dough sat in my car for probably like 14 hours, but it was solid as a pup. And that was something we had never done before. And it kind of, I was like, Oh no, I screwed up. Like this whole thing is screwed, you know? But we let it proof into, uh, we let it kind of like thaw out in the fridge for for two days before the event. And honestly, the dough came out just as good as you know if it was if it was fresh and it was if, yeah. if it was just made it right there. So um, that was something that we actually kind of learned. Yeah, <laughs> we can you know we learned a new process along along the lines of uh, you know this difficult task 
you know, we actually found ways to make things easier for next time. So now we know, okay, we can do this. We can, I could take this dough and, you know, I could drive 24 hours someplace yep. with this dough at, at frozen and then put it into the refrigerator as soon as we get there. Or heck, I mean, even the fact that you can actually, you know, not that you would want to, but when you get to the point and you do have a brick and mortar, you're going to need to figure out new, new ways to, uh, oh, yeah. to make pizza and have all that stuff ready to go and all that dough to go. I know that when I talked to the guys, um, when I talked to Steve from Gideon's, I mean, they're granted it's cookie dough, but they freeze their dough and that's yeah. part of their process and they're okay. And, and that's part of their process. Um, so it's kind of interesting kind of how you get to learn type of things like that. No, that's awesome, man. Where, um, so where can people, where can people follow you and most importantly buy your pizza? All right. So you can follow us on our social media accounts. Um, Facebook, Instagram is going to be black magic pizza. Um, and then you can also reach out to us and, and kind of, uh, follow us on our website as well, which is just blackmagicpizza.com. Um, we've got a ton of events coming up for, for 2022 and we've got some cool collabs that we've, that we are, that are like under apps. And uh, we're working with some other like local restaurants to kind of do some things in their locations as well. Um, so definitely worth a follow then. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right. I was going to say, keep, keep an eye out. We got some cool stuff going on this year and um, we're also still looking for a brick and mortar space. So, um, you know, that's our main goal is to, is to find a, is to find a home for us so we, we can be able to serve every single day. Have you out of curiosity in your conversations, when you're saying like talking to people and learning from folks, have you talked to restaurant people who own restaurants? Because obviously that is a huge, um, you know, you're going, it's almost like I've heard, I've heard different things from different people. Like when it goes from people who have food trucks and going from food trucks to restaurant. And then I've also heard, you know, just the transition of going from kind of being a, a constant location that's always open all the time. Um, have you talked to anyone about the, those transitions? So yeah, we've, uh, we've reached out to a couple of different restaurant owners to kind of pick their brain and get some insight. And that's definitely, that's helped out a lot. Yeah. Um, it's taught us that, you know, we need to be patient. Timing is everything. That's for sure. And that, you know, um, the opportunities, the, the opportunities will come because, you know, uh, if one business doesn't, doesn't really succeed, then it kind of gives you an opportunity to pick up where they left off yeah. in some cases. So, um, that's kind of like what we're waiting for. We're just waiting for the right space to open up. Um, but you know, uh, we reached out. So, uh, I'll, I'm going to bring up a topic that I saw that I heard from somewhere when I was like listening to some stuff. You had mentioned that that was very interesting. It piqued my interest. Um, you said something like a micro pizzeria would be like, a, like you, cause you're like, I don't care where I make pizza. I can do it in a closet or whatever if I have to. But uh, it just kind of piqued my, my interest. Have you, like you, you mentioned micro pizzeria. So I'm just trying to figure out, I'm just kind of curious in your dream scenario, if you were to do like, a, let's say a micro pizzeria, what would that exactly be? And what it, you know, and what, what's your concept? What would your, your concept be if you were to do something like that? All right. So ideally, I mean, if, if we could put this micro pizzeria anywhere, I would put it in like colonial town area. I just like like, you know, the historic the historic side about it. I like how it's uh, kind of like centered in between Orlando uh, and all of the, the other kind of like nighttime districts. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's got a, a good amount of traffic that goes through it. And um, just the area is just really nice as well. Um, but uh, ideally, I mean, like, the, you know, the idea that the micro pizzeria came up when uh we, you know, from the pop-ups, we're basically running out of a, a hundred square feet right there. And, yeah. you know, if we could double, triple that, you know, get into a space that's maybe like, you know, 400, 500 square feet, we could still make it work. You know, we have enough room for all of our ovens. We have enough room for our employees, all of our dough and all of our product and stuff. So, um, you know, that's where that, that idea really came from. Cause I was like, you know, we can, you know, if we're, if we're, if we're doing these kind of numbers and this little hundred square foot tent, imagine what we could do if we had, you know, 900 square feet, which really yeah. isn't that much for a restaurant. Yeah. 
No, I think that's awesome. And I think that's great. I think that's an interesting concept to be able to go with. And who knows? I mean, maybe that's what will end up happening is something like that. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know, obviously, I will be there for the for any pre-openings and grand openings, uh, you know, to be eating your pizza for, for sure. So oh, hell yeah. thank you, man. for sure, man, for sure. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much to Travis Santos from Black Magic Pizza for having lunch with me today. Um, if you're in Central Florida, definitely make sure to check out Black Magic Pizza. Um, definitely go in. And like I told you, get there early. If not, you're just going to be smelling everyone else's pizza and you're going to be upset. And maybe buy an extra one because I do that sometimes. I'll buy. We have three in our family. I'll buy three. I buy four pies. And then so that way we each get our own pie. And then we have another pie that we can go and enjoy. Um, so definitely do that. Um, if you enjoyed the show, definitely make sure to subscribe. Um, join. A, we are. We now have a Facebook group. So join that Lunch with Biggie podcast. Um, definitely enjoy that. If you want to support me, check out my brand, Deli Fresh Threads. Um, we're doing a nine year, uh, nine years now. So definitely check. Congratulations check. on that, by the way. Thanks, man. I really that, appreciate that. That's huge. Thanks. Yeah, it's a, it is huge. And it, I try to remember and try to celebrate the accomplishments. Sometimes you tend to forget it, but, uh, but nine years is going to be big. I, I have a lot of things planned. So definitely if you're not follow me, do some shopping. I definitely appreciate it. Um, share with your friends, but, uh, but thank you so much. Keep eating sandwiches and most of all, follow your passion. Thanks guys. Bye.